Hello, welcome to part two about healing. In this episode, Charlotte tells us how she qualified as a professional healer, having never done any healing before taking on a two-year course. We also chat about other things like connecting to animals. But before we get into that, here's the intro. Hi, this is Polly with another episode of Conversations with Psychics, podcasts to help us find out what psychics do, how they do it and why. Join me in discovering that they are everyday people who do extraordinary things. How did you realise that you wanted to be a healer? My mother is a Reiki master and when I was younger we had to go to church. I read the Bible and I was taught all about God and everything. Even up until I was 14, 15, I still had to go to church, you know, every Sunday. But my mum was more into the holistic approach. She became a Reiki master when I was quite young. And to me, there was always some different, something different. I became really interested in angels and archangels and all of those kinds of things. Very much connected with nature and stuff. Funnily enough, while I was working, I said to my mum one day, I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to do healing or some form of, of helping people in some way. Because I at university, I studied to be a, a primary school teacher <laughs> yeah. and decided it was just too much for me to do over here. Because in South Africa, it was a bit different the education system is a lot different anyway so decided to to not do teaching and got an office job and just felt like I wanted to do something that helped people and I thought about psychology being a counsellor and then I went for healing at the college it kind of made me realize that there was something more <laughs> to life <laughs> in in the sense of I had never had healing before my mum had done reiki on me but not hands off healing. Then I really wanted to do something and I said, said to my mum, oh, you know, I really wish there was something, like a course or something that did healing, Reiki, mm-hmm. a bit of the can- talking, the counselling, psychotherapy mm-hmm. and all of that. But then where also you learnt a bit of sound healing, you learnt a bit of animal healing, you know, a bit of everything all together. And I said, because what I would like to do is I would like to be someone that if a client came to me and said, this is what's going on, they say, oh, okay, well, this is the visualization we need to do. Or this yes. is the, I'll do sound healing on you. I started doing a sound healing course with the Sound Healing Association for the UK. Yeah. And I did first year of that. And then I fell, miraculously fell pregnant, which was wonderful. <laughs> and I was violently ill I was very very sick vomiting for my whole nine months which meant I couldn't do much else so I stopped doing the the sound healing course with provision to go back once my daughter had been born and my mum went to the college open evening which she went to every year yes and she came in with the the booklet and she said oh look there's a an integrated healing (laughs) diploma and I went oh what does it do? And I had a look and it had everything <laughs> that I wanted to learn in one diploma. And I was like, brilliant. This is it. That's it. Was it the College of Psychic Studies? Yeah. Was it, that's quite a new, isn't it quite a new course? So, yes. Yeah, so we were the second intake. So it was very serendipitous that your mother had picked up that. It was, yes. And, and the fact that she had been going there for years and I'd gone to open evenings with her and everything like that, but I'd never found 
a course but like the, that. But this is my point. Yeah, so they've literally very... just created that course, almost yeah. like they created it for yeah. you. And I put that in my essay as well. And I said, you know, I'd always wanted to have something that basically had, you had all your tools in your box. And when someone came to you and whatever they needed, you were there to help with that situation. But how did you know that you had any ability? I didn't. Really? <laughs> so it, it was a rigorous... A very long process to get to get on the course. You first had to go to a day. Yes. So you had a whole day there where they told you about the course and you did bits of it. You had to write an essay why you wanted to join the course. If that was approved, you had to go for an interview. With Julia. With Julia and Shari. Yeah. If they were happy with that, then you went for another interview with them again. And then... They would send you a letter through the interview process, them seeing your abilities and asking you all these questions. And obviously they were connected with me. They knew what I what my abilities were on another, you know, on another level. They could yeah. see and sense and everything it. And I'm pretty sure their guards were talking to them because knowing them yeah. now yeah. as well as I do, they are super switched on. That's amazing because so, I, I thought that you because you are brilliant. <laughs> no, you're, you're seriously. <laughs> amazing and I thought you must have been oh I don't know healing dogs here and no, healing no, kids there no but then I do very much do the whole the same thing my mother does and maybe it's just because that's the way I've learned is that if I put my hand on my daughter if I put my hand on her I will instantly feel like I'm giving her healing but I'm not consciously thinking about it it's a nurturing thing to me you know, she comes to me and she'll say, I've got a sore throat, can I have some healing? Yeah. <laughs> and a lolly. So I'll say, okay, and then, yeah, <laughs> the lolly. But I've done Reiki on her and I've done healing on her and it has helped her sometimes. And, you know, she's very much, she's four and she comes to me and will say, oh, can I have healing? And I'm just like, okay. Oh, she's <laughs> destined for that world. Um, and then will come up to me and she'll give me, she'll go and to my crystals and say oh I think you need this crystal today and I'm like okay thank you I think it's just a part of my life if that makes sense that even my four-year-old it's not as natural to her as as anything she tells everyone oh my my mom is a healer (laughs) she's doing healing today while I'm at school and you know and and then I go oh my goodness because it's still you know it's still it's a bit yeah yeah exactly your own so but it is it is a part of my life and it is it's a part of me I think I don't ever switch off of it yes I connect and everything and I close down and you obviously you need to cleanse yourself after each session and disconnect with the clients but I feel that the energy is always with me that makes sense yeah i do know what you mean i think there's a very big difference when you're learning something you're interested in something and it's a hobby Mm. and you say oh i'm interested in doing Mm. psychic stuff mediumship whatever and then you realize that it's actually a part of you Mm. and it becomes as you say this is me this is part of me it's not a hobby i couldn't stop doing it even if i tried yeah so healing to me is is all is everywhere and and anywhere that makes sense and one of the things i think is really encouraging is that you knew that you wanted to heal but you weren't necessarily it wasn't like big blue lights were coming out of your Mm. hands so so if somebody wanted to learn yeah it's sort of go along and and learn it and have a see if you fancy it and see if you like i think 
I think you also, I think everyone, and I did write this in my essay as well, but I, I personally, I feel that everyone can heal, has the ability to heal. Oh yeah, this is something I was going to ask you. Yeah, so. I feel that everyone has the ability to heal, but I think you need to learn the tools. You, you need the tools to help you. You need to learn the technique. You need to, to practice. You need to actually know that what you are doing is right. You know, that you're not misleading people. You know, obviously you need all of that support and all of that guidance to learn and know what is what it is, you know, that you're doing, that you're not harming someone, that you're not saying, oh, I'm going to cure your cancer. All of this because then you're false advertising and obviously you're not actually doing what you're supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, and then you, know? you bring everybody into disrepute. Yeah, so I think if you want to be a healer or a Reiki practitioner or anything like that, you do need to go and learn how to do it. But I think... Within everybody on this earth, there is, and even the animals and the plants and every every living organism in this earth, I feel yeah. personally, has the ability to heal. Because I can walk outside feeling completely glum and blue and go for a walk in the forest or uh-huh. go for a walk in nature and feel so much better yeah, it's true, afterwards. It? Yeah. it took how long to do it? So two years in total. You had loads of case studies, didn't you? Yeah, so we have uh, six case studies for the two years. That's six people, guinea pigs. Yeah, six guinea pigs. You slowly progress into it. You're not... You don't start your first case study with so many sessions that you find it quite daunting, um, which I found quite nice doing the first two case studies being four sessions where you had enough time to kind of get a bit confident, but at the same time you didn't feel that it was too much at the beginning each one was quite different in their own unique way but there was always and and a lot of us found this that there was always some connection between them throughout the different sessions one or two of them would come up with the same problem so it was quite nice and sometimes it mirrored things going on in your life that you know you wouldn't necessarily think about but if someone was talking about something that they were dealing with or going through at that time sometimes it would be something that you had going on in your life as well it's quite testing because you have to obviously remain professional and think about okay this is not about me it's about the client and not get emotionally involved with it as well and we we were taught that that does happen and that you know you can't think about your situation you know because it's your client and it's their session when you did it with me you do talking, mm-hmm. visualization, and then what the I, healing. The, yeah. yeah, the healing. So would they always go together? So would you ever see somebody and you just go right? Okay, pop on the table, off we go. Sometimes people don't want to talk. I have had clients and case studies that have come that will only speak for five minutes, and they'll just say, oh, "That's not me." Yes, then. everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's great. I just really, I'm just tired. I've been working loads. I just need a boost because by the time they get up off the couch, they say that they feel a bit more energised, a bit better and a bit more relaxed than what they have felt. But then some people come and I have got clients and I had case studies as well that come and they will talk for an hour. That's me. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. Don't worry. Really? But I, I personally and I think we were also taught with the course that talking is just as good as 
doing physical healing because talking about and someone listening to you is part of the healing process as well. You letting stuff out and actually someone being there and listening empathetically and understandingly to you and supportive in a way is just as healing as, you know, lying on the couch and receiving the healing. That That's personally what I feel. And that's why I give people the opportunity to talk beforehand as well. Not every client does a guided visualization. It would be only if a client wanted to. And oh, if yeah. you felt that they were okay enough to do something like that. If I had someone, a new client or a new case study come to me and I never did any intense guided visualizations where you actually physically are healing past wounds and things like that I would never do that on on a first or second session and I still wouldn't unless a client specifically came to me and that was why they wanted the session I would still be reluctant to do it the first time because I think it's something you gradually need to to do you can't just suddenly fix everything from the past and, and heal everything I think you've got to gradually slowly get the client to be relaxed enough and safe enough to do that with you with the healing and all the guided visualizations and every you know in talking about everything you are healing yourself throughout all of those sessions and you are healing past things um so you know the guided visualizations doing the inner child one you're going back to when you were younger effectively and feeling those emotions again and feeling those feelings and allowing yourself to heal that part of you that as an adult you wouldn't normally think of when I started doing obviously mediumship and Shari would say oh you know take the energy up to mm. the heart and then the throat and the brow for years and years and years I, I was like well all right then I don't know maybe I am I don't know and I think you do have to kind of go well something must be happening because otherwise the teacher's going to say tell you and then gradually gradually you start thinking well okay I can feel something there Mm. is it the same was it the same for you or did you always start with feeling so um I did feel in the beginning my because we had to do a, and it was a very nerve-wracking experience when you had just been taught a technique and you had to use it on on your fellow students because it's, you know, you've never done it before. So you go, am I doing it right? What happens if I'm not giving them energy? You know, you ask yourself all these questions, you know, am I doing it right? What if I hurt this person? You know, you don't, <laughs> you don't know. But I think because the group that we had, it was very much, we all trusted each other. We were all safe. You know, we all felt comfortable. And from when I first did the healing, it was very hot. So I would, I, my hands would be really, really hot. And if it was, because some of the healing, um, you touch different places, you can, there's hands on healing. And I remember my hands would be so hot and like clammy in a, in a way, you know, like sweaty and sticky and stuff. And they were just really hot Um, And I could feel like a heat coming from them more so than an energy. And that that was the first experience I had. Um, And then the second and third experiences did become more of something coming out, you know, an energy more than a heat. Um, And and that's the way it was. And and I'm looking back on it, it might have been that it was a heat because if it had just been an energy, I probably wouldn't have felt it. 
you know, I wouldn't have been conscious of it. I would it would have just flowed out, if that makes sense. It sounds though like you were much more conscious of it. There was a physical manifestation of it, such as heat, yeah. versus what I'm saying doing uh, going up and down the chakras was sort of I don't know, I don't have no yeah. idea. Yeah. But but so you got there was a more obvious, tangible experience. Physical, yeah. And was that the same for everybody in the class? Or was there some were there some people who... There were some people that didn't feel anything. And and for, you know, for a good couple of practices, because obviously we practised on each other before we had our case studies. And when we did have our case studies, we still had practice during our, you know, our days at the college. I think halfway through the day, we'd have, we'd learn a new technique and we'd practise on each other again. And some people didn't feel an energy. Some people didn't feel any heat. Some people didn't feel anything and said, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right, you know. But the teachers walked around and observed us, obviously, to see if we were doing it properly, you know, the technique right. But they could see the energy. Yeah, you see, that's when it... <laughs> I, yeah, I can't see energy. So if I had to be a healing teacher, I wouldn't be able to say, oh, well, there's there's energy coming out of there. And sometimes sometimes you could you can imagine that you see energy, but maybe it's because I've not consciously watched it to go, oh, is there energy coming out of there when other people are doing healing? But you've talked about seeing colours. So I see colours and stuff, yes. But I would I don't when I've watched other students in our class, I can't see energy coming from their hands into the client, into their person, you know, their other person. Crystals, I don't know whether to get into crystals and sound. Big subject? Not necessarily. So there's very there's various ways with crystals and sound. So I don't I don't use crystals when I'm healing on people. Um I have them around the house obviously. <laughs> but I don't specifically choose one for that person and put them on their body or say, Oh, this is the crystal you need or anything. I do work with crystals and find that they are beneficial for certain things and to help people and by all means if someone wanted some specific help I would say oh this is the crystal that might be able to help you you know this helps with anxiety this helps with that you know you can get those little pebble stone the little um stones or something crystals that you rub so you can keep them in your pocket and you can rub them there's like blue lace agate helps with anxiety people put them in their pocket you know nobody knows you've got one in your pocket helps with your anxiety that kind of stuff so there are benefits of of certain crystals and and that i don't physically use them during my healing though sound healing i don't physically use during my healing either um i don't play any music during healing because i feel it's nice to either hear nature or to just completely still your mind and have that peace. Because in this day and age, you don't get that peace and quiet unless you're sleeping, <laughs> you know. Not many people get that peace and quiet um, these days. But sound healing, the course that I did, the sound healing course I did was very different to actual sound healing that everyone else knows with, you know, the gongs and the singing bowls and stuff. The sound healing the first year was all about how you use your voice and the vibrations of your voice and the different notes and pitches that your voice makes when you're going over a body. So if you were lying on a couch and my hand my hand would scan over your body and I would go, oh, and if it hits different notes, your voice automatically will hit different notes depending on what areas of the body needs healing. 
No so that's way. a completely different thing. But that's obviously another course, which, you know, I've not even completed and gone back to. So hold on. But then, so you're saying that you really are playing an instrument then. Mm. So if you said the body was a bit like, I don't know, a recorder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that, exactly that. And you literally tune in it as you go along. Yeah. Oh so you, so the first, our first, the first technique that we were taught was that you, you know, someone's lying on the bed, um, they've got their eyes closed, obviously, and relaxing, much the same way as I do healing. But instead of touching them, you scan them first, and you, you go, you know, you start going, oh, and as you go over, you either hear your voice go up or down, and those are the, where, you, where that happens are the areas that need the, the healing. And then you obviously go to that area and you do the healing on those areas. So that's, it's a completely different form of sound healing. When we were at the college with our diploma, we were taught to use singing bowls, you could use conches, you could use the tinch bell, tinches, you could use um, the gongs and all those other kinds of sound healing, which also affect. I find that the tinctures, the bells, are the best for clearing energy yeah. quickly. Yeah. So after every session that I have, I will use them in every room throughout the house. Really? Before, you know, straight after a session so that I clear all the energy and then the next person comes. There's not that baggage from the last person to the next person and it's not transferred. I've got a really dumb um, question about that. Do you, do you open the window to yes. let it out? Oh, you yes. do. I Windows never and knew. doors. I never knew. It's the same concept as sage. And I remember you <laughs> smoked your house up. <laughs> I hate sage. It so, always smells no, like... Yeah, it's oh. exactly the same. And if you don't have, uh, you know, the bells or any sound thing, you know, you can put the ra- the radio on or put some music on loud because it, it does the same, it has the same effect of clearing a room and incense as well. But you do don't you... need sage and stuff like that. You could just use incense to clear as well. Um, okay, a very, another really stupid question <laughs> is, do you keep the windows and doors shut? And then let them open, or do you open them whilst you're doing it? No, so when when I do healing, all the windows are open in the house. Yeah. And they say, obviously, then I cleanse it. Yeah. And I open the doors, but the windows stay open the whole time. But you don't... Beginning and end. What I'm trying to get at is, do do you kind of... Oh, I don't go like... Be gone. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no, um, like no. I think so where I've been going wrong with sage is that I basically fill my entire flat with no, sage. No, you've got to have an open mask. No. Gas mask. And no. then I open the doors. No, have them then... open while you're doing oh, it. Okay. So that while you're asking for everything to be cleansed, for it to be cleansed and for the negative energy to be gone, ah. and it's going out... Well, that's where I think going yeah. wrong. Then I'm yeah. put my World War Two but, gas But mask. I do it with my bells. So <laughs> what I do is I say, "Could you please cleanse the house, cleanse this room and the house of any negative energy, and replace it with positive, happy energy?" Yeah. And then I say, and also please fill please, up my bank account um, with money. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's something that you need to do is that you need to ask that each person that lives in the house is well adjusted to the new vibration of the house. Once you've cleansed. Once you've cleansed. Because it could be that, so if I've cleansed the house, yeah. they walk in, they'd be like, whoa, hold on, what's going on? Like it's a completely different feel to the house. I won't feel it because I've been in the energy. Oh, so they could feel sick or something. So you, you do need to say sometimes, if you've got other people living with you, you do need to say, 
please allow them to be well adjusted to the new vibration energy. And we we also used to do it when we left college on the days that we had. We would say, please allow the people at home to be well adjusted to our new energy because oh. we we grew so much and learned so much and you know we had you know all this amazing energy from the college and coming home there would be lots of people having fights and stuff when they got home because your energy is just so completely different to what it was before blimey so a whole other subject yeah sorry (laughs) yeah like the idea of animal healing did you go to the animal yeah my friend was laughing because i said oh i went on an animal healing course whatever it was 80 pounds and she said, what'd she do? I said, well, we sort of sat there and straight for cats. I said, oh, great. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm running a course. Do you fancy paying me 80 quid so that you can pet my cats for the day? No. <laughs> We've got a British Bulldog. I will instantly connect with him. When I do animal healing on him, you know, he knows. He knows I'm doing it. When you talk about connecting with energies and animals it's again a very very difficult concept Mm. to explain so how does how do you know when you've connected with say the bulldog so i can feel him i can feel his his love you know like if if you throw a ball for a dog or like you walk in the front door and the dog's like oh my god oh my god you're home you're home you're home you're home you know kind of thing yeah (laughs) a really happy content feeling is what I get with him and then he gives me this look of oh see you know but you connect you feel what that object being is feeling yeah physically feeling yeah rather than intellectually yeah intellectually yeah you're right again it's one of those things that we overlook we don't we we don't realize we're connecting with them so, for, for example, the other day, oh, I took some apples up to feed some donkeys and um, and these little cheeky fellows, they were eating these apples. I could tell they were going, oh, mm, juicy, mm, delicious and sweet. That's it. So that's connecting yeah, with them. Rather connected. than me going, oh, I'm feeding some donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. I could actually feel that they were really enjoying this. Yeah. That's the way I connect with animals, is that I feel and sense what they're feeling. I'm going to really pay attention to this now, because, like, for example, I pet all the pets that are up and down my road. So there's a lovely little dog that I've known since they were a puppy. She goes nuts when I bend down and talk to her. And you're right, you do go, oh, well, look at you, you come all jumpy. And then mm. if there's a cat that's being a bit proud, it's like, mm, what are you doing today? Yeah, exactly, it's, but it is. <laughs> it's almost as if you're like, you know, the voice for them, the voiceover for them, like in some animation. I think we don't realise that we are. So, for example, going back to the flowers thing, I go around my garden and I go, um, oh, look at you, aren't you lovely? Mm, you're doing very well today. Yeah, exactly. And, and what a wonderful <laughs> smell. Mm. Now, look, you're a bit droopy, that kind yeah. of thing. And, and without knowing it, I'm actually yeah, communicating with connecting with them. Mm. I think we will finish then. I know when to finish is when I got, when I'm my head is full. Okay. Is it so full? thank you. Yeah, it's really full. I'm going to be my so Thanks for listening. I'm always amazed how many plays I get on this little old podcast that I do. But if you feel like it, please like, rate and subscribe. I'd be very grateful if you did. Thank you. Bye.